Thank you so much for joining me tonight's esthetician chat is going to be very interesting. We're going to really talk about can you admit when you messed up? And I'm coming from a place of honesty and I'm coming for a place when you actually um, have to admit that you messed up. And I think that's where a lot of people, they miss the mark where you um, have to admit that you messed up and then you have to go about fixing it, right? I've had a lot of um, situations where there has been a mistake done by an esthetician, whether it's been from a chemical peel or whether it's been a waxing accident or whether it's been a um, misjudgment. We didn't analyze the skin correctly. There was a mishap and, and a basic mishap, in my opinion, the client walks in fine, but leaves in an injured situation. That's where we're going to keep it, right? And now you have to come with a couple different situations. You have to admit that there was a mistake made by you. You have to be willing and open to fix it. And then you have to be understanding that there may become some repercussions, whether, and I'm not going to go to the extreme of having a lawsuit. You may have to get your insurance involved. There's a lot of different situations that happen when you mess up, but are you mature enough to admit that you made a mistake, right? I'll never forget when I was teaching a lot and I was going around traveling the US. I've traveled to Canada, I've traveled to Australia, I've traveled to the Caribbean, and I've teaching waxing classes. And you meet a lot of different people um, in those situations. And I'll never forget it. One of the, I used to call them the wax um, show. And I used to do a wax show and I would do it for two days. I would do male and female Brazilians. I would talk about speed waxing. I would demo the waxes I have, talk about ingrowns, talking about correction and all of that. And I'll never forget this woman who um, stuck out to me because she was in such a panic state. Now, whenever I give a class, I rarely have people that will come that are in a panic situation, right? They may learn something new. They may see a technique that I use. They may see how the wax responds. They may take some things from a visual standpoint, but they rarely come to my educational classes with a problem. And so this woman had a problem because she had really damaged one of her clients. And so she allowed us to have a verbal conversation during the class so everyone could hear the conversation. And we were talking about face waxing because we all know face waxing can be for some skin really, really uh, damaging if you don't have the right things in place. You don't ask the right questions. And for this specific client, she had been a client of hers for a while. And so she raised her hand in class and she's like, I have a situation that I'm not sure I can get myself out of. And I'm thinking, oh, and like I said, I've been teaching for years. You know, next year will be my 20th year as an esthetician. So I've been teaching for a long time. Um, but I've never had someone in a class be willing to share their mistake at this level. And then also, honestly, be willing to have the conversation about the mistake. And so she kept saying, um, the client had been with me for two years. Um, she's Middle Eastern descent. I have been waxing her face for two years. I've never had a situation like this. And so of course, her saying this in front of a class of 100 people, it gets people interested to kind of see okay, so what exactly did you do? And she said, I waxed her like normal. And, but I did notice that she said, ouch, and I stopped, but I didn't see anything. And so I kept going, I finished the service and I sent her on her way, but she sent me a picture two days later 
of the what her skin looked like, but that's not how her skin looked when she left me. And so I asked, I asked or a very specific question. I said, well, did you do post-care? Because you know me, after fake waxing, my go-to home care is ouch bomb. So did you go and do ouch bomb? Did you did you give her ouch bomb? Well, no, she didn't want to buy it. And so I talked about it, but she didn't want to get it. Okay, that's fair. So what happened? She's like, well, she messaged me and said that her skin was really raw and what should she do? Uh, and what can she put on her skin because she wasn't able to come back and see me? And I said, okay, so what did you tell her? She said, well, I told her she could probably get something over the counter like some um, Benadryl cream or she could get some Neosporin or any of those things and she could apply it you know, for the next few days and then it should go away. And I said, okay, so you suggested two over-the-counter products. Did you explain how to use them or did you just suggest them? She said, I just really suggested them. But the picture that she showed me says that something else happened. And I'm like, okay, okay, that's fair. And so she had the picture and I looked at the picture and I'm like, oh God, she has a chemical burn. She's like, I know. I said, so let's go back to what you, what your instructions were. So I told her she could either go to CVS or Walgreens and get some Benadryl cream or some Neosporin. And I said, that was the extent of your conversation. She said, yeah. Did you tell her how to apply it? How often to apply it? What to apply it with? Anything like that? No. So a couple of days after that event, of course, I get a panicked call yet again, same woman, Stephanie, I figured out exactly what happened and I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking the same lady that we talked about on Sunday, she's like, yeah. She said, basically she took the, she went and bought the Benadryl cream. She bought the Neosporin. She mixed them together in her hands and she reapplied it three and four times a day. I said, so she gave herself a chemical peel. Yeah. On top of the lifted skin. Uh Uh-huh. Unfortunately, you're going to have to make this right. And she's like, I don't understand because that's not how she left. I said, but the key to this situation for you your instructions, one, were not clear. Two, you told her to get two over-the-counter products that are very active. Neosporin is technically not for us to suggest as an esthetician. It's an OTC. It's an (laughs) over-the-counter, really, drug. So we really can't suggest that, right? You didn't give her specific instructions. You threw out some products. She went and got both, mixed them together, and then put it onto the skin three and four times. And now she has a full chemical burn, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, all of these things. So you now have to admit that the instructions you gave her were incorrect. Now you also have to offer to fix it. She's like, oh, so I have to take fault. I said, it could go two ways. You don't take the responsibility to fix it. She becomes permanently damaged. She decides to sue you. You lose your license and you lose your business. I'm going extreme. Or You can admit that this was something that you did not mean for her to do. There was a miscommunication in the instructions. And because she then went and did what you said, this is what happened. And now you can be able to correct it. I said, I would probably correct it because you definitely, one, don't want someone to call state board or sue you for the damage. And you also don't want this to become permanent, especially with someone who has skin of color and especially post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation because of the two wounds. So the first wound happened after you removed the wax. The second was the miscommunication and instructions on post-care because she didn't have any true instructions to go on. She just did what she did. So now it's time for you to correct it. Unfortunately, 
this woman did suffer post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, it took this esthetician two years to correct that one mistake. And she had to correct it with no uh, income. She had to correct it on her dime. She had to give this person services to correct the mistake, right? Right now, there's a really big, you know, on social media with a chemical peel and a young gentleman. And I've said it multiple times. If, if the esthetician could admit that there was something wrong and that there was an infliction on that skin and there may have been something done incorrectly and be willing to fix it publicly, we wouldn't be where we are now, right? But the question comes in, do you know how to fix it? Even if you admit that you have done wrong or you've messed someone up, do you know how to fix it? So I shared last week, the young woman that I helped with her chemical peel burn from a school. She was in school. She was an esthetician student. And none of the teachers could help her fix it. Well, first, they kept giving her water, which we all know water will reactivate salicylic acid, which is why it burned down so far. Um, but no one was able to help it or fix it, right? I stepped in and I gave her free services for nine months to correct it because I did not want it to be a permanent situation. She's young. She was only 21, 22. Um, and I don't think that a chemical peel that bad should have caused permanent damage. So I had no problems coming in and stepping in and helping her. Um, and she's fine now, right? But when you, when you understand that it could be your fault as to why something went wrong, are you willing to fix it? And if you're willing to fix it, but you don't know how to fix it, are you willing to ask someone else, how do I fix this? Or do you hide behind your pride and say, I'm not going to refund. I'm not going to fix it. You should have done this. You should have done that. Right. And I've seen this so many times in our industry where we're not willing to fix something that we have done wrong. Right. I have had many hazards and issues and problems in my almost 20 career, 20 year career as an esthetician. One thing that I have always stuck my guns to is I have no problem saying when I did something wrong and I have no problem correcting it whatsoever. If I injured you, if you were injured in the result of me doing something, I have no problem giving you product. I have no problem correcting what it is. Because again, I don't know everything, right? Even if a client leaves me and goes home and does something that they should not do after I've given them instructions, I've given them product to use and they still don't do it. I still have um, uh, something inside me that will feel guilty because they did not come to me that way. So I'm going to do as much as I can to correct it. But we have a lot of beauty industry people and beauty professionals who are not willing to admit that they're messing up or be willing to fix it, especially when it comes to permanent damage. See, that's the thing with court cases is that they're going to weigh in on how permanent is this damage? Because if it's permanent, then we have a case and then there's damages and then there's insurance call in, involved. And then there's, you know, lawsuits for, you know, thousands of dollars that are involved now. So if the affliction is done by me, can I be mature enough to admit I made that mistake? Can I be mature enough to say I may not know everything and I may have made a mistake and not all skin is the same. So I have made a mistake by thinking because I've done this service so many times that there can't be a one off where there can be a problem, right? I think we have to get past this, especially if we're not open to education. And you've got to listen to what people say, right? My last podcast, I talked about chemical peels and darker skin tones. I talked about um, 
Global Skin Solutions with Pamela Springer. I was her model. I talked about how long I prepared. I talked about all of these things, knowing good and well what I was getting into. I still panicked during that service. It was in front of a class. I was a model. I still panicked. Um, But I share all of these things to say that one, we're constantly learning, but two, we have to be better at admitting when we do not do something correctly or we over we're overconfident in what we think the results are going to be, and then they don't be that way, or we're not willing to continue our education to understand that things change, right? There's a lot of assumptions that are made in our industry um, that we have to get out of falling into assuming it as well. We also have a lot of emulation. A lot of people want to copy what you're doing, but they don't want to understand exactly how it works, right? So a lot of people will copy what they see, whether it's on YouTube or on Instagram, but they don't know the actual application. They don't know the understanding of the skin. They don't know any of the information. They're just going to copy what they see. And I've been saying this for a long time. You can get in big trouble by copying when you don't understand what it's the purpose of it is. So when people reach out to me, whether it's on social media or directly in my office, or they come into our storefront and they're talking to me, I always ask the same question. So what is the purpose of you doing that? Because my, I would say one of my top 10 questions consistently is vajayshals. And I've always said, what is your purpose of doing a vajayshal? Like what exactly are you trying to do to the skin? Because we're not talking about hair anymore, but what exactly are you trying to do with the skin? And a lot of people will give me the same response. Well, I'm trying to prevent ingrowns. And that's one thing how I already know you don't have that much education because you can't prevent ingrowns. There's no prevention. So if you're using a vajayshal to prevent something, then again, you're emulating what you see under the guise of a vajayshal, but you're not understanding the actual skin. And then I get the questions, well, well, why don't you, you know, believe in that? And I think it, I cannot emulate the steps of a facial and then put it into the intimate areas and say, I'm going to do those same steps. One, we're talking about two different areas of the body. Two, we're talking about two completely different skin. Our face is exposed, our intimates are not. Three, we have to keep in all factors. The biggest one is hormones. The darker the skin, the more hormonal activity there is, the darker the area is going to be. That's an internal thing. We cannot change that. We can only change external situations. Then I get the, well, there's so many people making so much money and no, you're not. Let's go back to the basics. Once the hair is removed, what exactly do you want to do to the skin? Either you're going to correct the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation or you're going to correct the razor bump and or ingrow. That's really it. You don't need steam to do either one of those. Okay, so leave the steam alone. You don't need to scrub the skin. You don't need to wash the skin. You don't need to do all the steps that you would do in a facial because the facial is very different. So to say that you want to emulate the facial steps protocols to the intimate area already tells me you don't understand skin because we're dealing with two different things. But then you have a lot of people that want to argue, well, it works Hmm. for how long? Because I have seen the opposite. I get those pictures oh, well, I did a treatment on them because they don't want to have their skin get dark. So I did the illuminating, but the illuminating is not preventative. It is once the hair has damaged the skin and caused post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, then you come with that treatment. So now the area is darker because you use products on it that it didn't need. You activated those melanocytes when they were not active 
Oh, again, I like to come from the functionality of the skin. What is the purpose? Why am I doing this in the skin? What, it, what is the purpose of me doing this? And what results do I expect to get? So those are the types of the mistakes that we have to be admitting that we cause sometimes because we're emulating people, but we're not coming from an educational point. Because my question at the end of the day, consistently, what are you trying to do to the skin? What is your end goal? And if you can't tell me what that end goal is, or you can't tell me what you're trying to do to the skin, then, and I say this very lovingly, you need more education. When I talked about the different <laughs> chemical peels and I got a message, so salicylic acid can't be neutralized, you need more education because no, it can't. Oh, a TCA peel is not an alpha or beta. No, it's not. Oh, you need more education. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying that as fact. If you don't know these things, but you have access to these things or you're using them, but you don't know the proper way to use them and the skin conditions they're used for and the situations to be used in, you need more education. And here's the thing. We can do really a lot of damage when we have misinformation. We can mess somebody up, but we have to be willing to say, Maybe I was not educated enough in what this service was going to do. Maybe I need a little bit more education and maybe I have to offer how to fix it. And that's my number one go-to. We all make mistakes, but are you willing to be honest enough to say, I'm going to fix it. And if I don't know how to fix it, I'm going to find out how to fix it. And then we're going to do this journey together, right? The young lady that I helped that had that really bad chemical peel from the school, I had never encountered someone that had been burned that badly. But I instantly called Angela Green. I instantly called um, Pamela Springer. And we both, all three of us had constant conversations about the point of action. Our, our window was very short because with that deep of appeal and that aggressive appealing and, and all of that stuff that was coming out of her skin, we knew we had a small window to slow down the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, which means slow down the response of those melanocytes because the skin was damaged. And if you know about higher Fitzpatrick's and darker skin types, any damage to the skin will immediately release melanocytes. So you have a small window to fix it, right? And so I had never experienced someone that had that damage that bad, but I was willing to learn and listen and understand where to go first. So then I could turn in turn, teach other people and show them publicly how I'm fixing it in the event someone else ever came across to this. So it's public. You can go to my Facebook page. You can go, I don't know if I have it on YouTube, but you can go to my Facebook page and you can look up the, the facials that I did and all of the steam and the enzymes and all of that, I put it live so that people could watch it and ask questions during. So I made it a, an entire teaching event, right? But I had no idea how to approach it because I had never dealt with someone that had burned that bad. She burned down to the white meat. So what I, when I say to the white meat, to the layer that is showing nothing but white, there's no blood. It's just white and shiny because that's, there's so much fluid that's leaving. That's how bad she was burned, right? So we're, we're beyond first degree. We're down to almost second degree burns, right? I had never seen anything 
that dramatic with that thick of skin peeling the way she was peeling because the skin was coming off in my hands. The skin was coming off as I was gently washing her. When you, when you see that in person and you see it the way you see it, you instantly, and especially because I didn't cause it, I instantly wanted to help her because I can't imagine someone at home washing their face and seeing it just shed off that way. So um, you can go onto my Facebook page. You can actually go onto my Instagram page as well. Cause I did show the picture of the first initial picture where I was approached or I actually helped her and reached out to her and she came to see me right away. Um, it's hard to see that as an esthetician, you're washing someone's face and that much skin being left on your sponge and, and in your bowl, a lot of skin, right? So it's also traumatizing, but I was willing to get the right people in my corner to do the things to help her. I'm, I did not know at that time. Now I know. Now I know the whole process. I know the whole nine-month process. I know um, understanding how the skin moves, the filaments, because the filaments were coming out as well. See, that's another you know, thing we don't talk about when we, when we burn that deep. Um, when we start talking about the healing process, why we burn in darkers down to the white meat. What do you do to protect it? Why the physical sunscreen has to happen? Why you have to go gentle and then attack the melanocytes? Um, why there's a process and you're going to go from week to two weeks to three weeks to four weeks to get the skin back to normal. Why you have to look at the filaments and make sure that they're not coming out the way they did. Like there's a lot of things that you have to keep in place, but I'm glad that I went through that process so that I can see in the event that it happened. And this now happened in 2017. So here we are in 2022 and it has happened again, right? So that I'm able to talk about it and say, and I reached out to the young man. I told him, you have a small, small window to fix this. Um, and I gave him some estheticians to reach out to. You want to get on top of this post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. You have a small window. I know you want to wait. I know you want to go to the hospital. I know you want to do all these things. But speaking from experience, you want to really make sure you're on top of that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation response. Because it can go two ways. It can either go hypo, which is the removal of pigment or hyper, which is the excess or extra pigment. And hypo is a hard place to treat. Hyper is yes, but hypo is more. So that's the thing, like, you know, we have to be willing to admit when we make mistakes and be willing to fix it. Like that's where I come from all the time. And I've said that many, 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 many times I've had a lot. And I can't even say, I would say at this point, thousands of pictures of damaged people whether it's been, most of it has been from hair removal services, torn labia, torn scrotum, um, torn penis, torn everything. I mean, I've seen it all, right? Stitches, no stitches. I, I've seen all of it. The thing that comes back to my main theme when I get reached out to when this happens is, are you willing to fix it? And if so, how, let's start here. You got to be willing to one, give your time and give your services, especially if you were the reason why that person walked out of your business injured. We have to be mature enough to admit the injury, right? And sometimes those conversations are a hard conversation. I actually did um, a TikTok about that where I was a teacher and the man, I'm right just on the top of his penis. It just, the skin split. He was older. We had to send him to the hospital. Um, but I was able to teach that situation in a teaching situation to those estheticians. So now they know what to do. 
And of course the poor girl was, was, was panicked and screaming and, you know, hyperventilating almost. And I just grabbed her and said, listen to me, calm down, breathe with me, listen to what I'm going to say. It's okay. Everyone has made a mistake. You're not the only one that has ever done this in the world. You will be okay. He will be okay. Okay. Listen to what I'm going to say. Like all of those things I, I am very passionate about making sure you fix your rights. Right. So for that gentleman, I gave her a specific protocol for follow-up, you know, here's the products that he can have. He may not ever come back, but send them to his house, let him use them all the time. Like I gave her everything that she needs to do. Right. I'll never forget this girl. Um, one of my other wax classes, I think it was at a show and she came up to me and said, you know, I injured one of my clients really bad. She was really a great client. She consistently uh, got waxed every single month. It was a Brazilian. And just one time um, I had her labia actually split. And she's like, I didn't know what to do. And she's like, I could have handled it really differently. And so I asked her, you know, like I always do. So what did you do to try to resolve the situation? She's like, I, I kind of just gave her products, but I didn't address exactly why she needed to use the products. And when I went to follow up, she's like completely ignored me, didn't answer phones, didn't answer text, didn't answer email. And I said, so what did you learn from this? And she's like, I really should have been honest with her up front because we had that level of honesty and trust with each other. She had been a client for mine for years. She's all, but I don't think I'll ever get it back. She thought, I saw her even in the grocery store. She saw me. She turned and walked the other way. And I said, oof. She's like, yeah. Like, I, 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 I know she won't ever be a client of mine, but I wanted to say sorry to her, but she's not even giving me the opportunity to say sorry. Then I said, here's the thing. Anytime we damage someone, and, this, and I said, this is my simple equation. They walk in, fine. And they leave injured. You have to, in that moment, as much as you don't want to, as much as it sucks, you have to be willing to admit your wrongdoing and explain what happened and let them know what you're willing to do and how you're willing to fix it. I said, the fact that you sent this woman home with just product didn't explain the severity of it. She may have need stitches. She may not have. She definitely was going to feel it, Right. But all you did was give her products and didn't explain to her exactly what happened. She took out the mirror. She saw how mangled she was because the skin is separated, right? And now she does not talk to you. She does not return phone calls or text messages or emails. And she saw you publicly in a store and turned and walked away from you. That relationship is over. I said, I hope you know that. She's all, well, I've been trying. I've been sending her cards. I've been sending her things and she's not responding. And I said, so now at this point, honey, when you had seen her out public and you did, had an opportunity to speak to her and she didn't allow you because she turned and walked away from you, that's a sign that that relationship and her as a client is no more. So I need you to let that go because the way you handled it ended the relationship and ended it as a client. So now, you know, for next time in the event, if this does happen again, that you're not going to handle it the way you handle it with her. And she's like, yeah, I, I really feel bad. And I said, I, I said, here's the thing. Injuries never, they don't ever leave. I pretty much can remember all of the times that I had uh, messed up with the client. They don't go away. Um, 
but what I am proud of is, is being able to communicate the injury and the sorry, how sorry I was and how I'm going to fix it. That I got really good at. I said, but the thing is, is that you got to do it right then and there. And she was like, yeah, she's all, and I wanted to chase her in that store. And I'm like, honey, you can't chase her in the store. I know you want to. She's like, I really do. I said, but she, she, she gave you, she's, she's done with you. So that relationship is over as much as it is. And she's like, I want to fix it so bad. And I want to do it over. I just have to, I'm going to have to learn to, and, and let it go. I said, you are, you are She thought Cause that like got me right in the heart when she saw me in the store and I'm like getting ready to wave high. And I was relieved to see her and she just turned and walked the other way. Like I wasn't even there. I said, oh. and she saw me. I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I say all of this to really get the bigger point across to a lot of us. We have to be able to admit our mistakes because if we cannot admit our mistakes, we are no good. No one's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. I've made plenty. I've admitted plenty of my mistakes, but I always try to make it right, like correct it, help it, fix it. Like that is my thing. And I wish I would see more people be willing to not only admit it, but be willing to fix the mistake. It's very simple. If a client comes in and they're not injured, but they leave your business injured, you gotta fix it. I'm not sure why we, we, why we somehow just magically erase and then we'll make excuses. They didn't follow protocols. This is beyond protocols. The way they walked in is not the same as the way they left. So how are you going to make it right and fix it for them? The common denominator is you. So can you admit it? And then can you be willing to fix it? And if you can't, you got to figure out why. Why can't you be willing to admit that it was your mistake? And why aren't you willing to fix it? And if you can't fix it, find somebody that can help you fix it. Why are we not willing to do that? So for those of you on my podcast, thank you guys so much for joining me. You can listen to all of my podcasts. You can always join my masterclasses as well. Um, this is our 15th episode. I'm very excited. We're climbing up the charts, even though there's people that have like hundreds. I'm at my magical 15. Thank you so much. And we'll see you again next time.